Hello everyone, and a very, very, very late Happy New Year, <laughs> as we're four weeks into this new year already. Welcome to Nostalgia Crew. This is the show where we talk all things nostalgic. Uh, for those who have never heard the show, let me introduce me. I'm Bill, and along with me is Danielle. And today is a very fun episode because, besides our news that we're going to talk about, we have, or at least I have, I don't, I don't know about Danielle, I haven't asked her about this lately, uh -huh. but today we're going to present our Future of Nostalgia Award, Oh. which uh, I will bring up a little bit later on. For If you've okay. listened to the last two episodes, you pretty much know what... It is, so. Uh-huh. Um, but we do have news to discuss, but before before we get any further, I would like to make a confession here on this show. And it's real simple. It's our fault. Oh? It's our fault that George Michael is dead. Why? Because on the last episode, when we did our album of the month, you selected uh, a Carol King record, a Christmas record. Uh -huh. And you mentioned how oh, right. yeah, she had I done did. a cover of Last Christmas, and then how you there were like six other versions of it. And how I loved that song. Right. And then, I know. And then, what did I do? Yep, and then on Christmas Day, I get a text from my brother, and he's, well, I mean, he was going home, and he was like, Hey, Bill, did you check TMZ? They're saying George Michael is dead. I'm like, Not only that, but we mentioned Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Yeah, we did. he was, yeah. So let's just not mention anybody's favorite. <laughs> you know, because... I hate to bring up one of the topics now for this month. I got uh, Entertainment Weekly, and uh -huh. the it was like the week or a couple. Of, yeah, it was that week, and it was after Fisher and Michael had died, uh -huh. and they had come out with two different covers. One was of Carrie Fisher, and the other was of George Michael. There would have been a third cover if it had been approved, and they even mentioned it in the magazine. The third cover was basically, Dear Death, Enough of This Already. Referring to all the, you know, deaths that we had in 2016. So, uh -huh. so that was the other one if they had approved it, but they didn't. So, uh -huh. But, uh, yeah, so on behalf of Danielle and myself, we'd like to say we're sorry. We are so sorry. We are sorry. And let's hope that we never have this weird coincidence ever again. Yeah. Give us at least 20 years, maybe 25. Give us that. I mean, we haven't had any big celebrity death, although I do have, um, and I'm going to mention this now before our unofficial librarian, Brian, does. 
Uh, this came across today. Maggie Roche of the Roches died today at 65. Maggie Roche of the Roches? Mm-hmm. Um, well... Or did I, yeah. did I say it right? Maybe, yeah. Okay. I don't know. Because the one I was going to mention, <laughs> which is terrible that it's like not even a month into the new year, was Miguel Ferrer died. Mm. And, um, I'm looking at the, I've heard of him, but I'm looking at the list of stuff that he was in, and the only thing on here that I have actually seen, which is going to sound very sad, oh, two things, okay. One, he was in the film version of Mr. Magoo. Oh, yeah, I'm like one of the few that actually liked that movie. I, I saw that movie when... I was like, oh God, 12 or 13, but I wasn't super familiar with the cartoon yet, so I didn't really get Aww. it. Then I watched the cartoon, and um, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty funny. So <laughs> I might rewatch the movie. But he was in Mr. Magoo, and he played, uh, yeah. But he was also in an episode of Fur Rock from the Sun called Youth is Wasted on the on Dick, and um, it he plays the <coughs> it's actually a pretty funny episode. But he was also on Crossing Jordan, which I never watched. And he was on Desperate Housewives, but it looks like it was a season I had stopped watching, so I do not remember that. Hmm. And he was also in on the show Twin Peaks, which I was real little when that was on, but I do remember hearing of it. Um, and sadly, they were doing a um, a remake of Twin Peaks, and he had just started filming it, so it'll be released posthumously mm -hmm. of him doing that. But um, he is a pretty long list. Uh, he was also in RoboCop, which I saw once when I was a kid. The, the original, right? The original okay, RoboCop. He was Bob Morton in the original RoboCop, so if you've seen RoboCop, but he's, and also, in case anybody else finds this fascinating, he's also George Clooney's cousin. He's Did Rosemary Clooney's that. son, George Clooney's aunt, so right. I I passed by on Buzzer recently, and they had a thing where Dick Gautier passed away. I was going to mention him, but I don't think anybody knows who he is. I, well, that's what I get for watching buzzers. You know, yeah. hey, Dick Gautier, you know, Dick Gautier, oh, he died. That's how I know who he is, because of game shows. Like, there's a lot of, I watch a lot of game shows, and because of all these people who would be game show panelists a lot, I knew. But yeah, Dick Gautier, I watched on Tattletales with his ex-wife all the time. Mm -hmm. They were like my favorite couple on yeah. one of them on Tattletales. Um, and, um, He's my big handsome man. Oh my god! And <laughs> one of my favorite moments, or they said, well, probably one of the funniest ones is the question was they asked the wives um, if you were picking the centerfold for the 1974 because this was the 1970s issue of Playgirl magazine, who would you pick? Mm -hmm. And he couldn't think of anybody. He's like, oh, I don't know. What, just for the heck of it, Richard Nixon. And the host just laughed. He's like, oh, my God. He's 
you know, she's going to have a fit when you say this, or she's going to freak out. And so she comes back on, and they, she, has, she has to match what he says. Right. And she goes, like, oh, I don't know, Richard Nixon. And the audience just lost it. <laughs> like, we were like, what? <laughs> but um, he was mainly the Jaime the Robot on Get Smart, which I, I watched Get he Smart was... when I was a kid. So I, he was also in the Transformers movie, the the cartoon one. Okay. Um, which I didn't realize till a couple of years ago. So. But he was in the original version of Fun with Dick and Jane. Hmm. And he was in a movie called Divorce American Style, which I have seen on Turner Classic Movies. So. Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> and I'm passing by, and no one's gonna know the name, but I'm right. just gonna bring him up. George Kosana. Okay. He was the sheriff in Night of the Living Dead. Oh. He also passed away this month, which I did not know. Oh, okay. But in happier news, Betty White turned 95 this past week. Yay! In happier news, Betty White is still alive. (laughs) Yay! That's right. Yeah, let's get get off of death, because... That's right. Because, you, you know what, I'm going to say this real quick, and then we'll get into the our news that we want to talk about. Yeah. If you think, and I was thinking about this, all these deaths from the last year, it's not going to really be finished until the Academy Awards when they do that In Memoriam right. video. And that's going to take like half an hour to do anyway, so... Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of dreading the Academy Awards, and I'm dreading a lot of award shows for in-memoriam things. The Emmys, too, because the Emmys are going to have a few as well. Yeah, for day and night time. So that's going to be kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I, I have something that I want to bring up, and this is actually going to be a little bit entertaining. So, yesterday, I got the new edition of Entertainment Weekly. Yes, I got mail yesterday. Not not everybody got mail. DC did not get mail yesterday. But oh, really? Yeah. Oh, because of, because of the yeah. inauguration. Right. So. And I get this, you know, I get the magazine. Susan Sarandon and Jessica Lange are on the front cover of the magazine for the week. Uh-huh. Would you like to know why they are on the front cover? Why? Because those two will be portraying, respectively, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford in an anthology series on those two and their legendary feud. Susan Sarandon is playing... Betty Davis. Oh, she's playing Betty Davis. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Jessica Lang. Well, I can kind of. Yeah, I could sort of see that. Yeah, I. Yeah, I couldn't see Susan Sarandon, but Jessica Lang. Yeah, maybe. It is going to appear on FX, and it's called Feud: Betty and Joan. Hmm. Okay. That'll be interesting. And it, it sort of leads me to think it because there is no date that I have of when it's going to air. Uh-huh. It'll be sometime this year. Like, 
if there are any other, you know, celebrity feuds that have happened that are famous that should be, you know, that should get a series in the next several years, if this is successful. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, if you mean... I can't think of any, really. I'm trying to think of one that hasn't gotten anything made. Because mm. I could, I thought of another one, but then I remembered there was a movie made about it. And I was going to say David Letterman and Jay Leno, but they actually already made a movie about that. I, I would give that more time, to be honest. Um, they made a movie about it not too long after it, it really had peaked. Right. Or you know what? If you, if you want to, you know, not take Hollywood, you could do, like, David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen. Oh, yeah, you could do that. That would oh, be yeah, a good well, one. Well, yeah, if you went to the world of music, you would find several. Oh, yeah, there'd be couple. there'd be some it, good ones. Right. Um, but I'm looking, I'm looking at the actor who stars in this because he looks very familiar. So, um, aha, that's what I thought. Okay. He was, this is going to sound really random. Uh, he, this guy was, um, he played David Letterman in mm-hmm. the David Letterman movie, but he also played Fran, Fran Drescher in real life, um, her and her husband, they were high school sweethearts, and then he came out of the closet, and they got divorced. Right. They're still friends, and years later, they, you know, or, you know. Yeah, they reconciled. As friends. They're, they're not, like, together friends. And they made a sitcom about it because it was just so random. And it was played, successful for a little while. Yeah, happily divorced. Yeah, for on TV land. And the guy who played David Letterman in the um, Jay Leno, David Letterman movie played Fred Rusher's husband on the sitcom. And I'm just, like, trying to put those two in my head, and I can't really <laughs> come up with okay. them being the same person. But, yeah, I mean, I saw this, and it's like, huh, this could be interesting, you know? Yeah, um... I can't really think of any major, like, celebrity. Most of, like I said, most of the feuds are in maybe the music world. Right. Because, you know, with bands breaking up and things like that. I do know of cast members on TV shows that didn't get along, but not to a point where it was, like, legendary. Right. You know, um. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, we'll see. You know, maybe maybe our our Facebook listener, our Facebook members and listeners could think of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I I really I um. But yeah, Joan Crawford, Betty Davis. That was like. Eesh. That should if if it's good, I might watch it. Yeah, because. 
I mean, they even made a movie together. Yeah, they um, did. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? Yeah, whatever happened to Baby Jane. And I think the main reason people went to go see that was because they knew they didn't get along. So they're like, oh, yeah, let's see them knock each other out on screen. <laughs> so um, yeah. I read the book, and it, that was creepy enough. So. All right. Um, Danielle, you have a piece of news or something to bring up. Yeah. Um, well, we have, we always seem to talk about this almost every show, but um, Fuller House got picked up. They announced the news on Christmas Eve of all days. Hmm. Fuller House will be back for season three. And then on New Year's Eve, to make it even bigger, they broke the news that they've been picked up for five extra episodes than the previous seasons have. So, so eight, 18. Yeah, 18 episodes. Big season. Mm. And since I'm sure Bill has not finished watching it, right. we won't say what we think will happen. But It's true. Yeah. Sad but I, true. I know. Well, you, well it's how far have you gotten so far? I I have the like I told you the last episode I watched was when DJ Tanner got in the wrestling ring. That was the last episode. Seriously? Seriously. Oh God, you got a lot to cover. <laughs> okay. This is this should this will be part of our segments our new segment starting today. Yeah, How it, far is Bill on Fuller House? House. <laughs> really? Oh God. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> I, and I don't mean to do it on purpose. It's just... I know, I know, I know, I know. It just, I just never think about it. Like, I, I, I binge-watched all of season two in one day. I Season one I tried to do in one day, but I fell asleep because I started at night. But season two, I like I started at like mm-hmm. oh, 12, 12, 1 o'clock in the afternoon and just went. And all it, the way. All, all, all the way through. And, um, then, uh, also in Revival News, um, Girl Meets World ended this week. Um, I have not seen the finale. I need to watch it. Um, and the admin of the fan page on Facebook is undergoing a very vigorous and determined campaign to get it on another network. Yeah, I, um, I have heard that. She is trying Netflix. She is trying Hulu. She is trying. I, I, people were saying Freeform, but I don't think Freeform. They'd have to really get it mature to put it on well, Freeform. Well, Freeform is isn't that part of the Disney family? Yeah, that's the other issue. But they really, and I feel like they should have had it on Netflix day one because it would have reached a much larger audience. It would have gotten. Because Fuller House has got more, way more accolades. I mean, they just won a People's Choice Award, mm-hmm. for heaven's sake. I mean, so if it was on Netflix from day one, it wouldn't be what it is. And it could have gotten so much better if they had just put it on their day one, but new. So I, I do hope it goes to Netflix because there's a lot of stuff that they – you need to cover, although a lot of stuff that sadly they can't redo because it's gone too far. But, um, but I mean, it, it definitely like even K 
cast members, like some of the cast members are like, oh, we love Disney, blah, 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 but... Well, apparently guy, Disney doesn't love you. But the guy who played Sean, he spoke out, and he said, no, Disney limited us, and he is absolutely right. They did. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I don't know. But I think Netflix, they seem to be reviving a lot of stuff because they also just revive one day at a time. <laughs> and I'm glad you brought that up. Which is weird. Because? Because uh, somebody on, on the Facebook comments put this very well, I thought. He said, no, you did it. You just made a show and you put one day at a time as a title to get people to watch it. <laughs> That's exactly what you did. Because... <laughs> Um, the only thing even remotely that resembles One Day at a Time is the apartment they live in looks like the apartment from mm-hmm. One Day at a Time, so maybe that's what happened. And then they got the girl who starred on a sitcom that was on ABC for, like, one season that, like, <laughs> somebody says, they're like, she already ruined one show, you're gonna ruin this one. But well, then they got Rita Moreno, though, so. It's funny you brought that up. Uh-huh. Because that was going to be one thing that I brought up. But actually, this could stay in the whole, you know, oh, let's bring back TV shows. Because I want to read some of the responses on the back of this week's Entertainment Weekly about yeah. one day at a time. Rolling Stone magazine says it's one of the best shows of the new year. The New York Times says, lively and full of voice, a rare reboot that's better than the original. The New York Post says, one day at a time proves Norman Lear has not lost his crown. Rita Moreno shines. Just Tina Machado emerges as a star. And Variety calls it fresh, funny, and smart. And Norman Lear said he wants to take all of his old sitcoms and revive them <laughs> yeah. Yeah. for modern day. And I'm like, yeah, good luck getting the PC crowd to watch all in the family. Because, because guess what? Guess what, folks? Guess what's coming back? Yeah. Good times at the Jeffersons. Well, the cast of Good Times had a GoFundMe for several years. And it failed miserably. Trying to get them to revive the show because they felt like people would want to know what J.J.'s doing 40 years later. Failed miserably. Yeah. So, um, they, uh... But the weird thing with Good Times that makes it so difficult is the actress who played their mother passed away in real life. The actress who played their father is still alive, but he was killed off the show. Right. So he can't come back, but he's part of the GoFundMe, so I'm like, are they going to say that he faked his death and he's now back with them? Oh, my God. Because how is he going to be part of I don't know. Well... Uh, Norman Lear was yeah. asked in an interview from Variety about bringing these shows back with a new twist. This is what he said, quote, There is some talk about doing some of the original shows, redoing them with today's stars. There is a possibility that we'll do All in the Family, Maud, The Jeffersons, and Good Times. Norman Lear, who is the original creator of all of those shows, is planning to bring them back in the form of a mini-series, including about six episodes per season using original scripts. Uh. And we have comments. This, this was from TV One. 
Um, do you want me to read some of the comments? Oh, boy, TV1. <laughs> Dawn Vaughn Proud. <laughs> I can't pick that up. Yeah. Dawn Vaughn Proud wrote, Please don't. George Alberto Labrador. Oh, that's poor son of a bitch. Oh, these names are great. There are just too many sitcoms that have actors that made those roles so iconic that you just can't. And those shows are good examples. Anyway, George Labrador, the Golden Retriever, wrote, I'm eager to see the outcome. I'm a Jefferson and Good Time fan, big time. I'm a Jefferson fan too, but Sherman Hemsley was George Jefferson. You can't, you just can't do that. Like, God. And that the author was Mott. Like, there's no way you can get anybody to redo that. Like, it's just too ingrained. All right, I got, I got two more. Uh huh. Latasha Fudge. These have got to be fake names, but they're fake. Anyway. Yeah, I think they put, like, um, nicknames or some, usernames or something yeah. on there. Yeah. Anyway, she wrote, everybody's saying no. Why not? We don't have enough black family shows on TV where it was all the no's when Netflix brought back their horrible version of Full House. Come on now, let's stop being petty and be supportive. First of all, Blackish is a family show. It's on ABC. They didn't have to remake anything. Exactly. It's a good show. You know? Empire. Well, I wouldn't call Empire a family show. No, that's not a family show. Dear God, no. But the point is that they got in their heads and wrote an original script and made a show. You can do that. And And I'm glad you brought that up. Because this last comment I want to read, which is a real name, by the way, uh-huh. Spencer D. Williams okay. wrote, Why do Hollywood keep doing remakes, be it movies or TV? Haven't we, quote-unquote, the public, proven we don't want to see it? Knight Rider, Uncle Buck, Dukes of Hazard, White Cast, Black Cast, we don't care, no one wants to see that ish man. It's said, it's said Hollywood buys eight new scripts a week. And you have people out here, like myself, hashtag plug, with so much new material. Why not use it and stop feeding us the same crap that we do not want? Just stop. Very true. In fact, he brought up, he just reminded me, they did remake Uncle Buck with an all-black cast as a TV series, and it bombed. It bombed. Big time. Mainly because, then again, John Candy's Uncle Buck. You can't... Just can't do it. No. Not only that, they turned Uncle Buck into a TV series not too long after the movie came out, and that bombed too. Can't do it. I I agree with the people who are saying let's do, and you know, let's put out more original series. You know, I mean it, because I we haven't really had a full discussion about this, so I'm gonna put my two cents on this. Okay. It is okay if every once in a while, and when I mean every once in a while, I mean maybe like three, four years, you can do a remake of a show. Right. 
nowadays we have remakes coming out left and right and a lot of them are not necessary very true we do not need a remake of the jeffersons we do no. not need a remake of good times we do not need a remake of all in the family but there are some that to a degree is a good idea to have a remake you know to bring it back to see hey what's going on fuller house is a great example even though you know the olsen twins are not in it it has managed to survive you know going into a third season and there's a difference between a remake and a revival mm -hmm. which fuller house is a revival because it picks up where it left off that's a revival and and i'll bring and i'll give you another revival Mystery Science Theater 3000. In that, I didn't even know that went off. <laughs> it did. <laughs> well, it's coming back this year. It's on Netflix. And you know why it works? Because there are bad movies made every year. And, you're, and you want to see the bad movies as much as you want to see the good movies. So, you know, it, it's a double-edged sword for me. Because... It's nice to have nostalgia, which is why we do the show every month. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, you don't want too much nostalgia. Because if you have too much nostalgia, then it becomes bad and it just feels like crap in your mouth. And speaking of other bad revivals, <laughs> okay, the key is when you have a revival, when they sit down and decide to script these things, what they should do is look at the original source material and see how it ended before considering this. And my case in point is that NBC announced that Will and Grace is coming back mm. for 10 episodes. Yes, I did see that. And I feel like I am the only person on this planet who remembers how that show ended <laughs> because Will and Grace ended with Will had gotten upset because Grace had gone back to, was getting back together with her ex-husband who had cheated on her. Mm -hmm. And she was pregnant by him. They had a, by her ex-husband. So Will and Grace fought. They stopped speaking to each other. Will and his boyfriend, well, I think he became his husband. Right. They had their, they adopted their son. They lived their life. Grace and her husband, their daughter, lived their life. Then it jumps ahead. I remember. 18 years later, they're dropping their kids off at college. They run into each other in the dorm room. Then they reconcile, and then their kids wind up getting married, married to each other. Back. Yeah. I remember that. I saw that last episode. Right. Even though I'm but, not a Will and Grace fan, I just saw it to say, right. hey, I saw that last episode. But the NBC thing, they're making it look like, oh, it's Will and Grace in 2017. I'm like, yeah, but they weren't speaking to each other in 2017. So basically, from what I'm getting, is they're going the route of Dallas, the original version, where uh, 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 Bobby never died. So this Will and Grace that's coming up... Yeah, Dallas is messed up. So this Will and Grace, it's almost like you're saying that last episode... Never, Never happened. happened. Right. Yeah, D Dallas was... 
But, but if they wanted to bring Will and Grace back, and I'm just, you know, saying this as an observation, mm-hmm. I would think you would bring it back with their kids, you know, respectively, married, and they're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? You know, we're married. What do we do? We need help. We want to have kids. What do we do? You know. And the other issue you run into that is that it's a massive time skip if you do that because Will and Grace ended in 2006. Their kids were babies when it ended. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. So if you jump ahead to when they met each other at college, it's already 2024. So you have to imagine how you get a little dicey when you do time skips. Yeah. Like Desperate Housewives did it five years ahead. They did it. I don't even know why they did it, to be honest. Um, And, you know, and they had to make the world kind of look like it was. You know, they didn't know how the world would look in five years. So they just sort of, in fact, you, you could watch it for and forget that they even did a time skip because mm-hmm. it just looked and then um, One Tree Hill did the same thing mainly because they wanted to skip the fact that their graduating high school and would be at different colleges but they still wanted the main cast together so they did a five year time skip after college so <laughs> they could justify everybody still being around mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah it, it's just too much of a I, I don't know so it's really going to bug me because I loved Will and Grace to see it like that because that's not how it ended. Ah, it, it, it's, and everybody's all excited and I'm like, yeah, but, oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to get into, I mean, there's like a bajillion things we, we want to get into, but I want to get into something that. I was very, very happy to read. Uh Uh-huh. And I I was just really happy. So I I got an email, and I had known a little bit about this last year. Uh Uh-huh. But it became official within the last week. Yeah. This fall, uh, they, they are coming out with a box set, or actually a squeeze box, I should say, of Weird Al Yankovic. Oh. It is all of his albums, 14 albums, including a special bonus album, which is called Medium Rarities, which will feature previously unreleased and non-album tracks selected by Weird Al himself. There will also be a 100-page book, including a treasure trove of unseen photos and memorabilia. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a release date. It is November 24th of this year. Oh. And this is coming from PledgeMusic.com. Okay. Um, a couple of things. You can get this in one of two ways. You can get it either... By CD or by vinyl. Okay. All the records are going to be on vinyl. Now, um, and I I have posted the link on our Facebook group. So, everyone go check it out. 
Um, let me give you the pricing details. Uh-huh. If you get the CD box set bundle, which is the Platinum CD box set bundle, uh, it comes with all the studio albums plus the album of the demos and the rarities. Okay. $265. Okay. If you get the gold vinyl box set, which, of course, will be in vinyl, $335. Wow. And if you get the platinum vinyl box set, $475. And all of this is available, made to order, until February 28th. Oh, my goodness. So not much time. Right. And actually, oh, pardon me, we actually have other stuff, or other prices here. Uh, The CD box set bundle is $200. The vinyl is $300. And then you have the gold and the platinum stuff. Ah. So, I will probably get this. Uh-huh. I'm probably just going to get the CD box set. Okay. And I will tell you about when it comes at the end of the year about yeah. the rarities. But yeah, I, I just got to save up money and... town last summer and I wish I had seen him. Oh man. I wonder well I know he's taking a break right now but yeah. I wonder I wouldn't be surprised if another tour came yeah. up soon or something. He played Baltimore. He was downtown. I forgot where downtown um, last June <laughs> and I wanted to go but I couldn't yeah a lot of us would have gone if we had put it together correctly. Yeah, because one of our friends had posted about, oh, Weird Al concert, and I was like, I want to go, but we couldn't, couldn't work it out. Yep. Oh, well. Oh, well. All right. Yeah. Uh, one more piece of news, then we're going to get into our main thing. And okay. This was discussed last year, and it's being brought back up again talking about bringing back stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, Arnold. Right. It has officially been announced that they're going to do a TV movie during, wait for it, wait for it. Yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, God. Are you freaking kidding me? Their um, plan is, well, we know how all you millennials have been whining and complaining about us bringing this back, so we're going to put it on a weekend when we know you won't be home, then cite low ratings as to why we can't bring it back for good. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Before I get, yeah, before before I read everything, it's just, because we had this discussion. Right. When they did the Double Dare reunion, when they did the Hidden of the, you know, Legend of the Hidden Temple movie, and we're like, why are you putting this on Thanksgiving weekend? No one's yeah. gonna, no one is going to stay, you know, home on Thanksgiving weekend to watch, you know, a movie and a reunion special. Uh. I mean, you know, just because the 
quote-unquote millennials, you know, I, we have lives. We do stuff. We spend time with our families. We just, you know, we, we do more than just sit in front of our cell phones and computers and play video games and all that junk. We do more than that. <sighs> so anyway... This is going to be a two-part animated TV movie. Yep. Which will premiere during, like we just mentioned, freaking uh, Thanksgiving. God, I hope I don't have to DVR. Well, no, they count DVR now. Yeah, they do. They do, okay. Now, there is good news about this. Nineteen of the original voices are coming back for uh -huh. this. Including Francesca Marie Smith as Helga, Andy McAfee as Phoebe, Justin Schenkero as Harold, Olivia Hack as Rhonda, Nika Futterman as Olga, Dan Butler as Mr. Simmons, Dan Castellaneta as Grandpa, who was my favorite character on the show, ah. Tress McNeil as Grandma, I remember her, Antoinette Stella as, well, Stella, Carlos. Alez Raque, and I apologize if I messed up the name, as Eduardo, Dom Arrera as Ernie, Maurice LaMarche as Bob Pataki, Kath Sois as Miriam, Danielle Judovitz as Big Patty, Danny Cooksey as Stoop Kid, uh -huh. Jim Belushi as Coach Wittenberg, uh -huh. and Craig Bartlett as Miles. Additionally, Lane Torrin, the original voice of Arnold, and Jameel Smith, the original voice of Gerald, will supplement the returning cast by lending their voices to several other roles. New voices for this will include Mason Vale Conan from Mad Men as Arnold, Benjamin Lil Peanut Forrest Jr. from Game Shakers, I don't know who that is, Oh, Mason Bill Cotton was on Madden? I didn't even know that. Uh, as Gerald. Gavin Lewis from Real Boy as Eugene. Jed Jurgensmeyer, who was from the Legends of the Hidden Temple movie, and also on Bubble Guppies as Stinky. Aiden Lewandowski from Comedy Bang Bang as Sid. Leah Hayes from Santa Hunters as Nadine. Nicholas Cantu from The Impossible Joy as Curly. Wally Wingard from Sonic Boom as Oscar, and Steven Stanton from Star Wars Rebels as Pigeon Man. Rounding out the cast, Alfred Molina from Spider-Man 2 voices resident villain La Sombra, an infamous river pirate operating from a secret compound in the jungles of San Lorenzo. The movie is being written and executive produced by the series The Series This. The series' original creator, Craig Bartlett, and is being produced by the Nickelodeon... God darn it, I can't speak. Yeah. By the Nickelodeon Animation Studio in Burbank, California. Okay, I can get behind this. I'm really behind this. I'm reading... And I'm also looking at the cast list, and I didn't realize a lot of these names did the voices, because I know them from several other places, so it's kind of interesting. I, I I can really get behind this one. I can. I can. And I totally get why they had to replace Arnold, too. Oh, well, obviously. I mean, I... Yeah, I... I it's been 20 years. 
I, I, I guess what surprises me reading that is a lot of the, the, the people who were the voices are going to reprise. And what I mean by surprised, I mean the kid characters, not the adults. Right. The adults make sense. Uh, yeah, because, um, well, yeah, the adults that did the voices, because um, it's like Cassaurus and Trust McNeely, they were on the Rugrats, so I already know they did that for 20 years, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Francesca Marie Smith, that'll be interesting, because she actually was a kid when she played Helga. Right. And um, uh, Olivia Hack, she also was a kid, too, because Olivia Hack was, um, and let me just double-check and make sure she's who I thought. She, yeah, she was Cindy Brady in the Brady Bunch movie, so she was a kid then, too. And... Um, Mason Vale Cotton, I feel old because I remember him on Desperate Housewives. He was five years old when he did that. So I didn't watch Mad Men, so I didn't know he was on Mad Men. And Danny Cooksey, oh my God, he's older than I am. Hmm. Danny Cooksey was Montana Max in the um, in the Tiny Tune, and then he was he was one of the kids on Salute Your Shorts. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where I remember him from the yeah. most. Because so, um, he did a lot of work in the 90s. Yeah. He, he got around a lot. He was, um, yeah. So I definitely remember him. And, and uh, who else? Dan Butler I knew from Frasier, so I didn't even know he did this Mr. Simmons, so that's pretty mm-hmm. interesting. And, and I, and I want to give the credit where credit is due. Uh, that news story was reported from nickalive.blogspot.com. It is over in the UK, so check them out. Yeah, yeah. and I'm reading here on Wikipedia, which, let me see where the source is. It has been cited from LB Times, where's that? Okay, but it says... Oh, of course, which site entertain weekly. Okay, that makes sense. All right, they said that um, it will take place two years after the show, so it'll be in sixth grade when this happens. All right. So, I mean, they were pretty mature for fourth grade, so. For the most part. They were. Like, I used to tell people, you could take the scripts to Hey Arnold and put on a CW and make a teen drama out of it, and you wouldn't have to tinker too much, because... They were really mature for fourth grade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I they wanted to um, could do a spinoff about Helga's family, for, and they knew that Nickelodeon, it was too mature, so they tried to put it on MTV, but MTV yeah. wouldn't pick it up because they said it was too similar to Daria. And boy, people were ticked when they found that out. Hmm. I was, too. I was like, I would have watched that. I was very sad. <laughs> Alright. Um, well, this is... Uh, now we get to our featured, and our feature for this month is... We are presenting the Future of Nostalgia Award. And this is Ooh. this is something I created, or I thought of in my head. Uh-huh. And what I thought of... And, and we had this discussion in the past... We were going to pick one 
thing. Either it be a TV show, a movie, um, a video game, a singer, album, whatever. That we feel that is popular today. Uh-huh. That in years down the line will represent the future of nostalgia. What what is current today will be will be talked about in many, many years down the line. Okay. So uh I don't know if you had been thinking of yours or if Yeah, this is gonna be tough because it's like a movie or a TV show. Oh, I mean, there's just so many good ones. I, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I have so many TV shows that I watch now. Do you, <laughs> do you want time? Because I have mine. Oh, yeah, yeah, you go with yours first, yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with mine. And this comes... Actually, this sort of, yeah, this comes from my nephew, who told me about this show, and I caught a little bit of it, and I have been hooked. I've been addicted to this ever since, in a, in a good way. You know how the complaint is with a lot of the, you know, a lot of us our age today, who are like, man... Disney Channel isn't as good as it used to be. Nickelodeon isn't as good as it used to be. Uh-huh. Well, there is this show that is on. Uh-huh. That gives me hope. A lot of hope. That Nickelodeon's gonna continue to be successful. And especially their cartoons. Over uh-huh. the next several years. And the show that I am talking about, and this show is getting my Future of Nostalgia Award. It is The Loud House. Okay. So, I'm sure you're wondering, what is The Loud House? Well, it's a story about a boy named Lincoln Loud, who is the only boy. With, okay. With ten sisters five older five older sisters five younger sisters that's right lincoln is the middle child he is the proverbial middle child of the family and the show is about him basically just going through life with you know, being in a family with ten sisters and everything going on. So, he has five older sisters. Lori, Lenny, Luna, Luann, and Lynn. And then he has five younger sisters. Lucy, Lana, Lola, Lisa, and Lily. Yep, they're all got L names. How wow. imaginative is that? Um, and, and, and they do have parents. Lincoln's best friend is Clyde. 
who's a who's a, 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 he's sort of nerdy, but you know he's a black kid, and you know he has this crush on Lori, the oldest sister of the group, and every time he sees her or she says something to him. The way he freaks out is just really funny. Sometimes it's a little disgusting, but not too disgusting. Uh-huh. And here's the catch with him. And this is what I love about the show, Danielle. He has two dads. Yep. Okay. They went that way. Good for them. And the dads are voiced by... Michael McDonald, who most of you will know from Mad TV fame, and Wayne Brady. So there's that. Oh. Lori has a boyfriend named Bobby, who I swear sounds like Joey Lawrence from Blossom when he was on Blossom. It's scary. Oh, wow. Um... So you have that, and then Lincoln, in a way, has a girlfriend named Ronnie Ann, who happens to be Bobby's younger sister. And there's just so much good stuff, funny stuff about this. Um, like, okay, for example, uh, Lenny. She's, or not Lenny, well, yeah, let me talk about Lenny real quick. Lenny's the dumb blonde of the group. Mm -hmm. But the character is so funny. There's one episode where they do a parody of It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Mm -hmm. And they get to the treasure chest. So Lenny pulls out this hairpin. And, you know, she, you know, unlocks the lock. And everyone is surprised. And she's like, what? I keep more stuff in my head than air. You know, it's the dumb blonde. It's the dumb blonde thing. Then you have Luna, who is the rocker of the group. And her idol is Mick Swagger. Oh, that's cute. Because, you know... Uh, so there's that. Uh, Luann is the comedian. She does bad jokes, but that's her character. Lynn is the athlete of the group. Lucy is the gothic-slash-emo kid. Lana and Lola are twins. Lana is a tomboy. Lola is the ultimate... Beauty queen pageant, you know, must be a lady kind of person. And she is probably my favorite of the sisters. She is, the character is just so funny. Lisa is the scientist. She's the smart one. She's four years old. And, uh-huh. then, and then Lily is the baby. Uh-huh. But Lily, you know, like she's in episodes as well. And, you know, they make her into a good character. Uh-huh. And then there are the parents. The whole first season, you do not see their faces. Oh. The entire first season. So, you know, it's like, okay, we're going to go through this. 
where we never see their like we never see their complete faces. Uh-huh. And then they they had a Christmas episode called Eleven Louds Leaping. Uh-huh. And in that episode, we finally see their faces. Oh. And when I showed JT this, because I was like, I'm, you know, I'll, I recorded this. We're going to watch it together. So we stopped, and then we came back to it weeks later. And, you know, they get the reveal. And he's like, is that their parents? And I'm like, yep. And he's like, well, it's about time. <laughs> well, it's good they actually revealed their faces. Right. And this is where... The this is where you could tell the show got you know is successful. They gave Nickelodeon did on New Year's Eve a four-hour block of the Loud House. Wow! From eight to midnight on New Year's Eve, gave them a whole block for for one. Really, if you think about it. New Year's Eve is sort of a big kid's holiday, if you think about it. And they gave four hours on New Year's Eve to this show. Uh-huh. And you know, you know, it, it's successful. And here's more of, you know, and I'll give you proof of the success. Uh, the show's highest rated episode with... 2.28 million viewers upon its premiere is Two Boys and a Baby. This was the first episode to air after it was announced that Howard and Harold McBride, who are parts of the show, would be debuting on the program. The first episode of Loud House shown in prime time, Eleven Louds Leaping, was the seventh most viewed telecast across all U.S. households the day after Thanksgiving. The seventh most viewed. Wow. It has gotten mostly positive critical uh, responses. Emily Ashby of Common Sense Media praised the show's cast, voice cast, and thematic messages, writing that kids will come to the Loud House for the laughs, but they'll return for the ensemble cast and the surprisingly heartwarming themes that dominate every story. Uh-huh. Kevin Johnson of the AV Club gave the show a B plus, noting that the female characters are defined by their traits, but never judged for them. The characters of Howard and Harold McBride, Clyde's dads, have received praise for being a positive representation of a married same-sex couple. They are the first same-sex couple to be featured in a Nicktoon. Laura Bradley of Vanity Fair stated that the Loud House quote, handles the topic of safe-sex marriage in exactly the right way. This kind of casual representation in children's programming is a milestone, unquote. D. Elizabeth of Teen Vogue wrote, The best part is that the show doesn't treat these characters any differently, or even introduce them with a heavy asterisk about their marital status. The Friskies Ty Gooden mentioned that, the kid, that kids who have two dads, or moms, will be more than thrilled to see a family they can identify with on TV. Time reported that people are thrilled about Nickelodeon's decision to include a gay couple. 
However, the characters have been met with criticism from conservative media groups. Of course. The American Family Association attempted to prevent Nickelodeon from airing scenes featuring the McBride parents, saying that, quote, Nickelodeon should stick to entertaining instead of pushing an agenda. Okay, I'm sorry, but I've watched the show for about six months, six months. I've never seen one single agenda pushed on this show. Not one. As of June, or in June 2016, it replaced SpongeBob SquarePants as the network's highest rated program. How about that? And, and one other thing that I really like about this show, Danielle, uh-huh. is the animation style. It is of comic book animation. And the animation is so good. It really makes... Like, it reminds me... There's so many things it reminds me of. It reminds me a little bit of Dennis the Menace. It reminds me a little bit of the Peanuts. You know, it just takes all these little, you know, spots here and there. And it just, you know, just represents everything. And it's so good. Uh-huh. You know, I I can't say anything bad about this show. It is so good. It is so fun. Even if you don't have kids or you don't have nieces and nephews, this is a show that you can watch and you can get behind, and it is so good. It really is. I recommend everybody check this out. And The Loud House is my recipient of the Future of Nostalgia Award. Uh, I'm torn between two. (laughs) Okay. Uh, they both have um, actually I will say this one this is tough because the show has only been on the air for 12 episodes (laughs) so I might be a little premature Mm -hmm. in saying it but um, those of you who are friends with me on Facebook know that I am, like, obsessed with this show called This Is Us. And it's kind of hard to explain this without spoiling it, but I don't really care. Well, I've already spoiled a bunch of The Loud House, so it really doesn't okay. matter. This Is Us is a show, well, um, first of all, it um it's a it, it it starts with them saying about these are three these are um four people who share the same birthday. One is um two twins who are one of them struggling with their weight and the other one is an actor who is on a sitcom and he wants to do more seri- be taken more seriously. Another one is a um, black man who is looking for his biological father, and another one is a man who his wife has just gone into labor with triplets. Okay. So you go through this show and you're watching these three separate storylines and you're like, oh, okay, is this going to be like friends where they all somehow meet up? And, you know, then you find out the couple who's having the triplets are the parents 
of the of them or their parents that their storyline is actually taking place in 1980 and the other two storylines are taking place in the present day. Mm-hmm. So they have triplets. One of them dies. They adopt a little boy, black baby, that grows up to be the black man looking for his biological father. So each week they have a present-day storyline going on, but then they go into the past to show them growing up to show how it's affected what's going on now. And it kind of jumps back and forth. I, I swear, this, it's so much better if you actually watch this. I, I've like done such a terrible job of explaining this, but um, it's a great show because it has covered so many topics in 12 episodes. It's not even funny, but it's still a, it's still an entertaining show. And uh, you get the fact that they adopted a black kid in the 1980s in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and how different, you know, the struggles with that. And then their other daughter is, you know, has weight issues and the struggle with that. And because they're so busy focusing on these two, the other son has issues with receiving attention and he feels left out. And it's, so then you see how in the present day this has affected them. And it, it's kind of cool how it goes back and forth. And there's other storylines, like, you know, they have relationship storylines and other things. And, um, but it is just such a good show. And I really think it kind of, as everybody says, it's like the family drama TV has been missing. It really, because it, it's, and it's, it's so emotional and it's so, I really, and to top it all off, to show how huge this show is, within, as soon as the first episode aired, it got picked up for a whole season. Right after it aired, then it got nominated for three Golden Globes, People's Choice Awards. Again, it has not even finished its first season. And then, this past week, it was announced that it got renewed for two more seasons. Wow. Two more. So they're going to go through to um, second. So they're going to be season two and season three. You know, speaking of Golden Globes, did you see Mandy Moore's during the Golden Globes? Oh, my God. She looked amazing in that dress. Yeah, she did. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm curious... I, I am curious, what was the other one you were considering? Modern Family. Really? I thought you would have said Fuller House. I don't know if you call that because it's nostalgia for something else. Like, it's not right. nostalgia for this time. It's nostalgia. It's already, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I kind of thought of it that way. All right. Well, I, I, I think we both made good cases for the uh, the two that we have chosen. And, you know, if, if you have opinions about what we chose, our Facebook group, Nostalgia Crew, is right there. And you could tell us if you think we made good choices, if you think we made bad choices. But at the end of the day, these are our choices. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's... We're just saying, really, this is what people will talk about. In 20 years. This is what we're saying. You know. So. 
But check both of them out. I have not seen This Is Us because, you know, it's sort of not in my alley, but I have heard a lot of good things about it, so. Uh-huh. All right. Um, now we're going to go into our movies for the month. This is a really short show. Yeah. Um, and I finally updated the list today, Danielle. Okay. Of our movies and our albums. So you could check the lists out again on our Facebook group and you'll see what we recommended. So um, I will start for the movies. And, you know, I was going through the list today. Uh-huh. You just made the list! No, I'm just kidding. Um, I was surprised that none of us picked this movie that I'm going to mention uh-huh. as my movie for the month of January. And I'm sure I'm going to get questioned why I picked this movie, but I will explain my reason in a minute. But for my movie for the month of January, it is Sleeping Beauty. Oh. Uh, the Walt Disney version, which came out in 1959... Um, this was actually, uh, the first movie that I made fun of on Untitled Movie Project. Uh-huh. And I, the reason I chose that movie is because it's one of my favorite cartoon movies of all time. I just really love the animation of this movie. I mean, the animation is so good. Uh, it really is. Um, I don't think it gets enough praise as a movie for Uh a number of reasons. One of which being, this is the last fairy tale movie that Disney does for 30 years. Which is surprising. And the reason is because at the time, this was sort of a fail at the box office at the time. However, you know, as we've seen with so many things, as the years have gone on, it's gotten, you know, better praise, better popularity, and it has been considered one of the best Disney animated movies of all time. And and I think one reason that it is, is for the main villain, Maleficent, who is voiced by Eleanor Audley. And this Maleficent might very well be the best Disney villain ever. This might be the one that tops them all. It's just, here, and, and like I said, this is 1959 we're talking about. Here's Maleficent, the pure, definitive personification of evil, all in black, got, you know, the big staff, she places a curse on the princess, Uh you know, will do anything to make sure this happens, and then she gets her way. She she's one of the few. If you really think about all the Disney movies, 
she's one of the few villains who gets her way for a long time. Uh-huh. And then what I think does it for me, as far as a villain goes, is when she turns into the dragon and she's like, now you will deal with me and all the powers of hell. And it's really, if you really think about it, it's almost the first time in any Disney movie that you hear anybody say the word hell. If you think about it. Um, and I just love the animation. The music is obviously good because it's from Tchaikovsky. Um, not a lot of people are still alive. Mary Costa, who voiced uh, the Aurora, the main character, she is still alive. She, well, okay, maybe I just jinxed her from our discussion earlier, so I apologize for next month. Um, yeah, because, you know, she's currently 86, and I believe she's the only one left of, you know, the, the voice actors in the movie, and, and I'll do my research while um, you give your selection, but... You know, it's such a good movie. The animation is great. Um, the story's good. It's just really good. I think it's an underrated Disney film. It's one of my favorite Disney films. It's one that you should check out for the whole family. Even though they do say hell, it's one that everybody in the family should check out. Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. And it's that's one of my favorite Disney movies, actually. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, mine is, well, um, a few months ago, I know, um, you've heard me going off like crazy about how terrible the live adaptation of Hairspray was. Mm-hmm. I remember. <laughs> yep. So, um, so I highly recommend watching the original 1988 movie version that's because it the movie itself didn't really happen like the but aspects of it are based on a true story right so um like the dance show that they're on was based on a real show the riot that happens at the amusement park that really happened so Aspects which you don't see in the the musical adaptation, mm. but the original movie. If you want to get a feel for what Baltimore was like in the sixties, what how it really was, that's the better because they don't sugarcoat it. It's still very funny. It's still a funny movie. It's still an entertaining movie, mm-hmm. but the they make it clear that. Even though it has a happy ending, not everybody at the end of the movie is all singing and dancing and happy. And that's what really ticked me off about the musical adaptation because they weren't all... The the bad people get their comeuppance in the original one, Mm -hmm. which they should. And that's more realistic. Not everybody was suddenly like, oh, yes, we'll all be like this. No. That, and they're much more blunter 
with what they say, which is how it was. And um, also, if you get a chance, listen, if you get it, listen to the commentary of John Waters because he explains to you exactly what really happened as you're watching it and what inspired mm -hmm. what he did. So it really is like watching it and you get, you'll get why I hate the, the musical version so much because they basically, um, but and, yeah. And as I've mentioned before in the past, um, my, my very dear close personal friend, Wiggly, was in that movie mm -hmm. as the uh, reporter at the fair. Very small role, but he was in it. Um, real quick, Mary Costa is the only one from my movie that is still alive. And I might have just jinxed her. So, again, if she passes away between now and our next episode, I apologize. Didn't mean to do it. Didn't really mean to do it. Okay, so now it is time for our album of the month, and Danielle starts it off. Okay, and to as a companion piece, I picked the soundtrack of the 19... Make sure when you look for it on iTunes, you put in 1988, because it'll automatically assume you want the Broadway musical. Mm -hmm. or the, yeah, but like I said, it wasn't... All the songs on there are from the actual air. They aren't... Well, the theme song was written for the movie, but the rest of them are all from that time period. And it's a lot of songs I had never heard of otherwise. And it's really funny because I listened to some of these songs, and I was like, there's, like, dances for everything. And my dad said, yeah, there was a new dance out every month back then. Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow. So, yeah, you find... All kinds of <laughs> dances like the roach, the bug, the um, <laughs> the pony. <laughs> it, it's so weird. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's almost like doing aerobics. It's kind of weird. Hmm. songs, but yeah. So, recommend both. Um, I don't know if the album's on iTunes, though, but um, you could find it on Amazon. I know Right. Okay. Um, I sort of have to set up mine because, like I said to you, you know, I was going through the lists and everything today and was just checking out stuff. And there was one, well, actually, there were two things I noticed. The first thing was a while back, you had picked an album. And, and I actually remember what it is. You had picked an album that you, you know, had said, this was my first album that I owned. And it was Will Smith's, you know, uh, Will Smith's album. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but, but what was it? Big Willie Style. Big Willie Style. And that sort of had me thinking mm -hmm. today. And it was like, you know, I, and, and, I, and I remembered real quick what my first album that I owned, that I paid for with my own money was. And then I looked at the list again, and I was like, and we've said this many times on the show, Danielle, 
I'm surprised we haven't mentioned this artist on here yet. You know, and when I saw it, I was really surprised that we, neither one of us, especially me, mentioned this band at all. And the band that I'm going to mention is ACDC. And my album, and the first album that I ever paid for with my own money was Stiff Upper Lip from 2000. Um, this is the album that got me into ACDC. Uh, it, it holds a special place in my heart. Uh, besides the title track, Stiff Upper Lip, which is a good catchy song, which they played on Saturday Night Live when they were guests. Uh, God, there's so many good songs on here. Um, Meltdown, Hold Me Back, Can't Stand Still, Damned, uh, All Screwed Up is such a great song. They're really all good songs on here. Uh, one song in particular that some people might have heard or some people might not have heard is called Safe in New York City, which was their second track released as a single. After the 9-11 attacks, that song was included in a list of songs that Clear Channel made in 2001 to not play on the radio at the time because of everything that happened, you know, 9-11. Well, you know, since then, you know, Hell's Bells has been played, Highway to Hell has been played, you know, a lot of their songs have been played. But, you know, this was a song that was, you know, hey, we can't, you can't play this on the radio now because of, you know, all what happened with 9-11 and all that. Um... But yeah, this is a real good album. And I remember, specifically, when I bought this album and I listened to it, you know, on my bus ride home, this one kid who was a smartass, he was like, this sucks. Yep, there are some people who think ACDC sucks. And that kid was a jerk. He doesn't know good music when he hears it. And I don't care, but... Uh, this is a good album. It, it's not, you know, Highway to Hell or Back in Black, but this is a good album, and I do recommend everyone go check it out, ACDC, Stiff Upper Lip. Alright, and I'm going to put that in our list here, so I have it saved, so I can put it up in our Facebook group later. Um, but that's going to just about do it. For this month, uh, you can follow the Facebook or our Twitter. We're at um, Nostalgia Crew 15, and you know we're. I'm gonna try to work on that uh, Twitter account more so we can get more people to follow. Um, don't forget to join our Facebook. We've talked about it many, many times. You can type in Nostalgia Crew, and you are right there. If not then you could click on the link in the description box below where you're listening to. Alright, next month, and Danielle, I have a surprise for you, and it's a good surprise. Oh boy. Do you remember last year when we reviewed a Disney Valentine special? It was a DTV Valentine special. 
and you had a backup one just in case does this ring a bell mm-hmm. to disney with love right that yeah. that's going to be what we review next month Ooh. we are going to review it i have never seen this so this is going to be a lot of fun for me so um yeah because you know we despise valentine's day but you know i figured let's give danielle one so next month we will review two disney with love and unless it's not up there which i think it is but if it's not i do have a backup so but that's going to be what we review next month. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Nostalgia Crew. Hope your year is getting off to a good start. And we will talk to you all next month here on Nostalgia Crew.